This is the Brad Refresh Show every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Rinsing out the waxers inside the Vibe Hard Dance Crew. Salute! Right, this is the Brad Refresh Show. Um, we're going to be doing a little interview with Mr. Sean Lever, uh, aka Boy Raver, part of the Boy Raver project. Um, hello, Sean. How are you doing, Brad? Um, not too bad. I'm no, not too bad, mate. Um, this one, I've I've actually went out my way to find you to do this one because, as you know, I'm a massive fan of what you do and um, well, massive fanboy. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Uh, no, it's it's. I like the the sort of old school feel to the newer sounds, and you know what I mean. Um, mm. Yeah, sort of like followed you for a while. Um, so. What have you been up to lately? Well, I, um, I see you're sort of really proactive on Facebook. Um, I seen you, you you're warming up for on a, on a race course a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I mean, I, I do that as I've done that for the last couple of years now. Uh, I've been the um, I've been the DJ at Haydock Race Course, and and it's great actually. You know, it's. Uh, it's one of those things. I mean, we set up in, in an outdoor bar, uh, and bear in mind, you know, it's throughout the summer uh, that, that that we kind of do this, and and it's good because I, I just go in and I play five hours of, um, of of classics, you know, not not necessarily obscure, not not necessarily sort of like old school stuff, um, but just just ranging right from you know eighties um, dance classics, you know, right through to current stuff. It's uh, and it's good, and the, the thing is that you know once once they sort of get through the initial two hours of um, of race, Racing and, and realise that they, they're, never, they're not going to win anything, and they, they've had a few bevies and stuff. They get really involved in it, and you get a really, really good atmosphere in there. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I love love doing the race course, and I'm back up to DJing five nights a week at the moment. So, um, you know, I'm really loving me uh, me time on the decks at the moment. Still doing all the production, still doing anything and everything. Um, you know, and I, I kind of live for this at the moment, and um, you know, I, I always have done really, but you know, I, I, I live for doing it. And the thing is, the more and more you do, the more opportunities and doors open, the more excited it, you know, life becomes. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, as far as I'm aware, you're a school teacher as well. But have you went full time DJing? Uh, I, 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 I. Um, I've gone back to, to, to DJing again. I'm, I'm not teaching at the moment. There, there is a very good reason I'm not teaching at the moment. Uh, and that is... Um, I, I might as well just be honest with you, to be quite honest. It is, uh, I've got to hold my teeth out. Um, <laughs> which um, isn't... You, you, you might hear a slight lisp at the moment because I'm missing my top palate um, at the moment. But basically, I'm, I'm, I'm having uh, dental implants at the moment. And, and as, as you well know, uh, it's not a great thing to go into a school without any teeth because um, the, the kids will just rip you to pieces so um, what I did is I've, I've gone back to um, DJing uh, which I plan to do anyway you know I, 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 I go back and forth with teaching I'm you know like I said I, I'm more into SEN teaching than, than I am anything else and and working with uh, with young people with autism and ADHD than you know I am working in mainstream schools but I do you know, I have worked as a supply teacher for the last two years, and even before that, you know, long before the LMC stuff, you know, I was a um, I was a college and university lecturer, uh, you know, and I lectured in, in media and music and, and business studies um, at Oldham College for, for, for quite some time, uh, and then sort of when 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 we had a couple of hits with LMC, I um, I just moved away from doing it and, and just went to chase the money really and. Uh, I think probably you know ninety nine percent of people would do that to do exactly the same you know yeah yeah definitely definitely um so you you've 
you've always been around music then because obviously being a lecturer we, we, we do music and sort of arts and stuff it's, mm. it's always sort of been there in the background um I'll be honest with you, Brad. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pull any punches and, and, and or anything. I, um, I, you, you know, I left school in in 1994, um, and I, I just wanted to see the big bad world and, and and do a load of different things, and I wanted to get right into everything and and do it. You know, and even even when I went to college and and went on and got my degree and my master's degree, I was still working. Um, four days a week in a factory packing boxes, you know, and, and and stuff, and you know, from from that, I managed to grab a lot of opportunities, you know, because I was I was used to working hard, um, you know, and I've, I've never not worked, you know, like really really long weeks and, and really put the graft in, um, you know, it's only it's only this year that I've started taking Monday afternoons off and going to the pub, you know, it's <laughs> so it, 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 it it's you know and, and making time for number one and you know like I said and you know it, it literally is only this year and and it was only you know the, this year that I've, I've sort of come off the radio and 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 that was because we you know we'd got a dog. For the first time, and um, you know, partly I didn't think You've it was. Actually, got the same dog as me. Uh, um, you, surprisingly, really, you you, you got a lesser app, so same same. I mean, does, does he shit on your studio floor as well, Brad? <laughs> yeah, it has happened before, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. It, I don't know what what the the whole the whole thing is. He's just he's very. He, he, I think he's about four or five years old now. And it's yeah. Just, what, what it is, he's still. A, 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 a baby, sort of, say, a pup. He's still, he just doesn't want to grow up. I mean, pa- Pablo's great. He, you know, he's with me when I make a lot of the music. He, he just sort of gets on the arm on the chair, and you know, a lot of the time he'll try to block me using the the studio laptop as well. You know, and uh, you know, for attention and stuff. But uh, I can't imagine making music without him now. Uh, you know, he, he's an integral part of my life. <laughs> is, is he come- so he is literally one half of Boy Raven. He, he, he is. Well, I even credited him on. on um, we, we we did because um, we, we we had a good time watching the World Cup together, you know, and, and making music. And we, you know, I did a remix of England New Order, which I, I've credited to Boy Raver yeah. and Pablo. So, um, <laughs> which you know, we yeah. we, we we did. But you know, it, it's great now. But yeah, like I said, in in terms of uh, things like the you know the radio had to go really, and you know, I'd, I'd never never sort of had a dog before, and you know, and, and I thought you, you know what. I'd, I've done everything in radio now, and you know, and there's not much further I can sort of take radio. Uh, and you know, some some things are more important in life. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's it's a very dedicated time. Like, yeah, I've started this show up, and it's on like a Thursday evening, and it's eight o'clock, and and you find yourself that you you, you dedicate your full Thursday evening to it because you need to, you need to see what new tunes are out there. Yeah, you, you need to get your guests in, and, and it's just it's it's, it's quite hectic, even. Aren't it? It, I don't know how to describe it, but trying to be so proactive. Whether, whether if you've done a monthly show, you've got like a month yeah. for a prayer and you get a month worth of tunes and, yeah. and stuff. Like, cause I want to, I want to play the freshest sort of music that's out, out and about at the minute within like hard dance. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I exactly know where you're coming from, and and, and really, I mean, but bear in mind, I had a drive time show five nights a week, so that that's six seven hours of your your, your day gone, including your planning uh, and then dealing with it afterwards and. You know, and, and and getting home, and and before you've even eaten, you you're planning the next day's show, and you know, and, and I know exactly what it's like. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, I actually feel your pain because I only do this one day. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I think about it from I finished like last week. I finished on the Thursday evening, nine o'clock, 
um, bounce the audio down to go up so you can replay the audio. And mm. then from there, I was thinking about the next week's show, what am I going to do, what am I going to play, and I'm just like, oh, like, this is what it's going to be like. Um, anyways, we'll get talking about you a bit. Um, I don't know much of your history. Um, I know, obviously know your sort of discography and everything because I followed your music and stuff, but... Mm. Where did it, where did it begin for you? Where did you find the love for music? Um, but, and what style was it? I mean, I, you know, first things first. I never had any kind of love or interest in music. Um, you know, when I, when I was a kid growing up, you know, the, the, I was I was sport mad. You know, what I mean, it, it, it was soccer, it was cricket, and it was American football. And and you know, I. Um, you know, I was football crazy. I grew up behind Boundary Park, which is uh, Oldham Athletics Ground. You know, I grew up, you know, right behind the training ground. You know, and you know. It, so is that is that is that are you Oldham fan or? I'm actually a Spurs fan, but I, I um, you know, like Oldham, I, I did follow, and I, I worked as a sports journalist eventually for Oldham Athletic at one point. Um, yeah. You know, and, and set up your CV must be quite hectic I, I couldn't even begin to write down what's on my CV to be quite honest with you um, but yeah I mean I, I worked as a sports journalist in, in, in the, the, the Oldham Athletic heyday as well but I mean my, the, I, I, I'll tell you what happened is really like, I, was up, I, was, I was football mad I used to play football every single night and you know we got, I'm going back to being about 8 or 9 or 10 years old here um, but one thing I didn't like was having a bath um, you know, after afterwards, and, and my mum used to sort of try all sorts of methods to get me to, to sort of have a bath. And, and one night, um, it was a Sunday. I was absolutely filthy from uh, from from playing football, and she um, she put the top forty on uh, as a bit of an incentive uh, for, for me to, to, so, to get so a bath. What year was this? Well, right, I'll, I'll tell you which year it is. I couldn't tell you which age I am. You know, but um, this would have been nineteen eighty eight. Um, right. Because the, the 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 record that changed my life was in that top forty, and it was uh, it was Royal House Can You Party, um, Ooh, like, which, which well, is a that's Todd Terry record. Because obviously, it's like uh, top like the top forty um, in the eighties would have been sort of my era. Like I I would love to have grown up yeah. in the eighties because I could have. As as a sort of young, yeah, young young lad, I could have listened to the eighties sort of like pop culture at the time, and I'd have loved that. Uh, and then I'd, I'd, I'd have just slid in just in time for the for the rave scene kicking in, and that would have been yep. me as a sort of older teenager. Like that, uh, that was that would have been my ideal. Exactly. I mean, prior to prior to the, to, to hearing Royal House, Can You Party? Uh, I mean, before that, the only music that, that I really ever got to listen to was was. Um, I mean, me, me, I, I still love this album, by the way. Me, me dad used to play Tom Jones' The Talk of the Town in the Car, which is a fantastic live album. I, I, I still listen to it to, to this day. And, you know, the only other stuff was, was connected to sports, things like um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Two Tribes, the instrumental, which is a fantastic piece of music that they used to use when they were doing the... Um, they used to use it in the background of the rundown for American football. Uh, and and that, that that was you know that was probably the only other piece of music that, that I ever really knew. And the thing is, right from there and right from here in the top forty, I, I, you know, here in Royal House, I went out and bought it straight away. It was seventy five p on Oldham Market uh, on on a seven inch single uh, X jukebox because um, you used to get them a bit cheaper if they come out the charts and and they were X jukebox. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I was only a kid. I didn't really have a lot of money. And from from there on. 
you know, I started to really discover music. I bought a Deep Heat album, uh, Mega Bass I bought, and then, you know, that, like Mega Bass just influenced me massively as a, as a DJ, but I'll, I'll, maybe I'll talk about them, you know, later on in this interview, but you had all those great music, like Fast Eddie, Can You Dance, Stack of Humanoid, and then came, you know, the Manchester scene, and I got into the Happy Mondays and the Stone Roses and Spiral Carpets. Yeah, my... T- I'm actually looking in front of me now in my studio, I've got um, a, a flyer that I got printed, it's um, Stone Roses at the Hacienda, uh, yeah. I think it's in 89, and it's just, yeah. honestly, they, my fa- if I could listen to one tune for the rest of my life and just, it, there was no other music at all, yeah. it would be um, the 12-inch mix of um, Sally Cinnamon. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I, I, the, the crazy thing is growing up in Manchester, and I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, by the Manchester era, I was going to Piccadilly Records and I was going up and down Oldham Street buying me buying me records and you would see Sean Ryder and you'd see Ian Brown and you you'd actually see him in 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 the the like the the record shops and the bars it was crazy you know and like I said actually seeing your heroes you know up and down and, and we we had so much great music in that era it was it was amazing. I don't think we'll ever see that kind of era again. And you know, the Inspiral Carpets were, were from Oldham, and they, they, they were like the pride of, of our town, really. Um, yeah. You know, the, the minute it wasn't just the music, though. They set off a trend that was the way it was the way you act, it was the way you yeah. dress, it was the music you listen to, and, and it's, it's and you still see kids like that now. You know, with, with you know, with, with that kind of arrogance that, that you know that, that you know Liam Gallagher kind of borrowed, followed it on and. Yeah. You know, and, and nothing's really changed, has it? You know, you, you still get people like that. Um, so, so if, we, if we're talking Manchester, who was who was the band for you? Oh, Happy Mondays, absolutely, one hundred percent. From the minute I heard the Vince Clark mix of, of Rope for Luck, um, that they were my band, uh, and then I heard Lazy Itis, which was was the previous single. Um, you know, so so it was there, and then I, I kind of followed it on with the, with the indie thing a little bit. I was a, a really big fan of Saint Etienne. Um, you know, I think are, are probably massively influential on on the Boy Raver sound uh, as, as much as anything else, really. You know, I mean, especially when when my album finally drops, there's a couple of tracks in there that are very Sainetti and influenced. Um, but again, Fast Eddie, Todd Terry, anything on Champion Records. Um, you know, I was really heavily into around then. Yep. Well, uh, people say that the sort of Manchester era was um, was inspired by that, like like the rave scene was inspired by that. If you listen to like um, the the um, the the Stone Roses, um, what, uh, what like I want to be adored and stuff. If you, listen, if you listen to that, it's got that sort of rave floaty sort of vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, definitely, definitely has the under influence. I mean, I, I remember uh, I, I know Manny from uh, from the Stone Roses. Um, and I'm not too sure he'll thank me for saying this, but I don't think it's any secret really. You know, he, he stole the bass line from Pool's Goal from Young MC Know How, which, uh, which is a massive um, yeah, Hacienda yeah. tune. You know, and he, he just, he's, I think he's quite open about that, to be quite honest with you. Um, but, um, you know, so, so, so many of them. call out the early sampling. Yeah, yeah, pretty much so, you know. And, and, and I mean, in, in, in the great scheme of things, you know, it, it's, just a, it, it's just a point in music where where 10 shit bands you know let's not pull punches here you know I mean they were all shit bands 10 shit bands were just there at the right time when Acid House was around and you know drugs were drug culture was around and somehow they they just managed to go into a studio with with the likes of Martin Hannett and so on 
uh, and Paul Oakenfold yeah. and, and, and come out with these absolute masterpieces. You know, it's no accident. You know, everything they've done since that era has been yeah, forgettable. Know. I'm not going to say it's shit. Actually, you know that, that that's that's really unfair. All the bands, you know, they've, they, they've all moved on well as musicians, but you know, they're never going to capture that energy, are they? That that, that was was there in in eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety, ninety one. Um, yeah, it is. It is just that era, though. You can never something like that will never ever be repeated. You see, like I'm only twenty. How old am I? Twenty, twenty one, twenty two. I'm twenty two. Right. Um, and and honestly, you, you see people my age. They weren't even born when this stuff was happening. Yeah. And you see them. They dress like your Liam Gallagher's, your, your Ian Browns type thing, and they act like them. And you just think. Fucking, that inspired a generation, but yeah. it will never ever be repeated. And I think that's what's beautiful about it. It's just, mm. it's amazing. It's yeah, mesmerising. It's it's a very pure piece of music, um, you know. And, and that that's the only way I could describe Manchester and you know and that 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 hacienda era and and and, and the rave scene. Right. Well, well, we'll move back on to you. This is meant to be a thing about you. I suppose. I suppose it's it's all linked in with how you grew up and how sort of music sort of surrounded you and. It was just inevitable you were going to get sort of into it with with all the the things that were so local to you, as you say, seeing seeing your, your heroes in the in, in the record shops and down the street and in the boozer and do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. crazy. So obviously, who was your inspiration? As was it a DJ uh, that you heard, or was it a producer? Well, who, the, the, was, who was your inspiration? In, in terms of producers, it's always going to be Fast Eddie and, and Todd Terry and and those kind of people back in the day. But I mean, in terms of DJs, I mean, there's three that that site as, as biggest influences. The first one was Bruno Brooks, who was uh, an old Radio One DJ, and he used to do the 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 early evening show, uh, probably the equivalent yeah. now of um, Annie Mac. Um, now, but I, I don't know who that is. I've ne- I don't. I don't think I've ever heard the name. No, so well, I, but, I, I but Br- Bruno Brooks kind of came on the. I, I don't know if you know much about Radio One's history, but Radio One had a, a big cull in '93 uh, when when uh, Matthew Bannister took over and he got rid of all all the sort of the dead wood and the dinosaurs of, uh, of Radio One and, and replaced them, and that's when the likes of Pete Tong came in. But Bruno Brooks was kind of on the end of that era. Um, and he was, you know, he, he was pretty much a dinosaur himself, Bruno Brooks. He was definitely sort of in his early forties, late thirties, early forties. But Bruno Brooks yeah. used to be the only DJ on radio that used to play twelve-inch mixes. Now, you know, he would, you know, for the first time, I, I heard records like Inner City, Big Fun, um, the extended yeah. version, Good Life, the DMC version. You know, he used to play DMC mixes, and Bruno Brooks used to do the dance chart on a Wednesday on Radio 1 I used to do a top 20 dance chart rundown now that was unheard of now the dance chart originally like people thought it was a dance chart it's not originally a dance chart was um, a loose name for the 12 inch single chart um, you know so it wasn't always house music in there but I, again I heard so many amazing records on that like Stack of Humanoid Kenny Dance Fast Eddie uh, all for the first time in there and you know following on from that there was uh, Pete Waterman uh, now Pete Waterman yeah, yeah, PWL Records yeah well I'm going to talk about not not necessarily PWL Records to be quite honest with you I was never a huge fan of Stock Aitken and Waterman although as years have gone by they've actually become a bit more of a guilty pleasure but Pete Waterman used to present a TV show called The Hitman and Her uh, with Michaela Strachan um, and I used to stay up late and my mum and dad bless them 
would because of my my passion for this would let me stay up on the Saturday night and they would let me stay up till two three four in the morning and, and watch the Hitman and her. I think partly because it meant I'd be in bed all Sunday and not getting them up at fucking seven and seven eight in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but I would stay up and, and you know they'd get me a chocolate milkshake in and you know and and I you know like like I was as a, as a kid and you know I, I would stay up and I would watch, watch that and again you would hear house music it would be the only place and literally any opportunity I could go to to listen to house music I would I would go and listen to house music because really you know but like bear in mind 8990 um, house music was the devil people don't know how lucky they are yeah. to be able to listen to house music you know like literally when you've got the likes of the Sun newspaper that that, that we're, we're, we're calling it a devilish cult <laughs> you know it's just fucking yeah, music we've just discovered I, new technology you know it's <laughs> we've yeah, got archive samplers and, and you know and we had that and, and the other big influence was Stu Allen uh, and Stu Allen yeah. was was the only local DJ playing any kind of house music he was playing soul and he was playing house uh, and I loved it all and, and you know for, for me I've become personal friends with Stu in, in recent times uh, and, and and it's been a really great friendship that I've got with Stu Allen in in the rave era. Really nice you know, yeah, really, yeah, really, really down to earth. Really down to earth. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, they, they say you shouldn't meet your heroes because they're all bell ends. But I mean, Stu Allen was, was you know, and I've met some of my heroes and they are bell ends. But I mean, you know, like you, you know, Stu Allen was, was really, really nice guy. Uh, and and you know, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that, that that I've managed to get get to know Stu. Yeah, uh, I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but like I always see him like because um, I went out to um, Unity in the Sun. Um, that was uh, Billy Bunton's event ah, in, yeah. in Corfu, and um, OSN did. Um, uh, they had their own sort of area for the for the yeah. evenings. So there was so so you had the likes of like Mark Ecstasy yeah. and you had um, Stu Allen and, and all the boys, Rob Stratera, yeah. and and I DJed alongside Stu um, down in um, Birmingham. Um, mm at the Telford Arena and so we, we sort of got chatting and that and he was like and I was like do you know I've, it's, it's not often you meet your heroes but today I met you yeah. and, and he, he, turned, he just turned around and said oh thanks but mm. does, does, does he's he very like, modest he doesn't know how to take it does he you know and, and, no, no. and stuff and then the thing is you know that Stu, Stu's importance in the whole of Manchester is, uh, is just, I mean put it this way when you got Peter Kay mimicking Stu Allen that says a lot about it, you know. What I mean, we're not so much mimicking yeah. Stu Allen, but referencing Stu Allen. When you got the, you know, the best comedian in the whole country referencing Stu Allen, that is yeah, that definitely. just shows you the the enormity. I mean, beyond that, you know, like the the rave era. I was always into like your alternates and anything on suburban bass production house. Uh, for for me, a big turning point in music and, and the one boy raver is when uh, we briefly lived in Italy uh, in in the very early sorry in in the summer of ninety one. We, we were kind of we went on the road uh, me, you know my parents marriage was a little bit rocky and, and they decided to, they were going to try and you know like go live in a different country and see what it's like and we tried a few different it sort of thing yeah and we, we, we tried Germany it didn't work we tried Switzerland and, and then we the third, the third place we tried was Italy now Italy I, I absolutely loved Italy and I fell in love with the music and disco magic records now needless yeah. to say the importance Needless to say, the importance you know of me eventually signing for Disco Magic, um, you know, and I, I would, you know, I started collecting all my Disco Magic from there, and you know, it, it is my favourite ever label, Disco Magic. In terms of DJ, Megabase was a big thing, and 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 that, you know, again, I don't know if you're up on Megabase or, you know, what what they were, but the yeah, base. Yeah, I am. I've 
Yeah. But, but, but for any of the listeners that don't know it, it, it was kind of like these mega mixes of, of all the housey stuff. But it, and again, you couldn't really buy music like that, and you couldn't buy mixes. Um, you know, it, it was a good four years after Megabase before you could buy mix CDs, really. Um, you know, Disco Magic did mix CDs, but actually trying to get them imported uh, was important. You know, it, it was virtually impossible, and you know, you didn't really have the knowledge to buy mixtapes at, at that age, to be honest with you. So, like, Megabase was a big thing. Yeah. Well, I actually want to further on in the in the interview. I want to talk about the the whole Disco Magic thing because you had a dream come true. I see. Sorry, you just broken up there, Brad. Um, I'm saying. Um, um, I wanted to reference some some disco magic stuff because you had a sort of dream come true. Yeah, we'd getting asked to do the remix of Action, was it? Yeah, it was Action, and then I've gone on and done Electric Shock. I've done Piano Man, Don't You Want to Be Mine? I've got a, I've got my own album coming out on Disco Magic, um, which, oh, which is impressive. Yes, the, disco magic, there is an album yeah. coming out. Yeah, I've already I've done four tracks already for the album. Um, they're reworks of Disco Magic Classics. I've got another six to do. Sorry, no, I've got another four to do, and I've got two originals on there as well. Um, the, that, there's going to be a, a six-track vinyl album and a ten-track CD um, on, on Disco Magic. So, um, like I said, it's all been agreed with, with Roland. It's one of two albums I've actually got coming out around the same time, uh, one, one being an artist album and one being for uh, Disco Magic. So... Do you, do you have a time frame on when this is going to be ready? Because I'm, I'm quite intrigued myself. Um, the Disco Magic album, I was hoping to finish at the end of next week or possibly the, the week after that. Um, again, they're all they're, they're all sort of. I've got everything in the sessions all kind of ready and all the all the pianos written in and all sorts. It's just um, you know sort of building the drum loops and that kind of thing and and, and just taking the ideas and doing the mix down. So they're not far off finished. Um, so 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 that's all kind of done. But I've, I've done all the legwork in the first four tracks really because they're they're the main singles. Um, you know, I've done. I'm not going to give too much away, but one thing I will say is one of the reworks I've done is "Sweet Louise" by Sweetbeat. Um, yeah, I, I know that track. I know that track. It's, uh, yeah, that, that that's early. Is it early nineties? That one. Yeah, very early nineties. Very, very early. And, yeah, um, very early. yeah it, it's it's very early nineties, and, and that is, that's one of them that I've done. I'm not going to say any more about that, Brad. But but that that, that is one that's that. Fine, yeah, that's fine. No, mm. no problem. Um, so it could be looking as a stocking filler for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you want to do first within music? Did you did you want to be a DJ? Did you did you hear the tunes and think, do you know what? I want to go and play them to people, or did you want to? What did you want to be uh, uh, in a band, or did you what, what did you want to do? I just looked at the whole industry and said, I want the lot. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just looked at music and I thought I, I want to do everything I want to be a radio presenter I want to be a record producer I want to be a singer I want to be a rapper I want to be a you know I want to be a, a, a DJ I want to be a TV presenter presenting dance music I want to and literally and, and I suppose that's where my lust for life goes you know comes from and, and you know like why I do do so much is because you know you've only got one life go and, go and do, do it. it like yeah yeah <laughs> You know, yeah. oh, that, that's, that's quite—it's quite good. That I'm quite impressed. <laughs> right, this this next question will exclude the Disco Magic album or and, yeah. and your, your artist album. But in your opinion, what is your favourite track that you've done, whether it be a bootleg, a remix, or original, and why? Right. Well, I did this remix for Angelic Records, official remix. 
uh, and it's for Savages featuring Bryn Owen, uh, MC Sim and uh, Mac, uh, who are three three MCs that I've loved for a long, long time. Uh, and the track is called Life's a Bitch. Um, and it, the reason I like it is it's just everything that Boy Raver was about. Um, it's just full-on stabby rave tackle. Uh, and it just climaxes the way the way I formatted it and everything. I'm just very very pleased and very proud of that that remix. Um, there's so many I could have chosen, but that's the one that I, I, I just always come back for, you know, and, and just think that that's something that that you know I class as the best thing I've ever done. Um, I, 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 I could have, I could have picked one of one of a hundred to be honest with you, but that's the one. That's the one. I, I I'll be honest with you. I've never heard it. Right. Um, I don't even think I've heard the original, if I'm honest with you. But I'm, I'm intrigued because I, I, I don't know what, what I would have picked of yours. But there's, there's like so many different mm. mad ideas you, you sort of put out. There's, you've got loads of your bootlegs out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know what I mean? You've got you've got so much out there at the minute. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I, pick, I'll tell you what, right? I, I, there's an idea about how much I've done. I mean, I started Boy Raver in 2012, but it might have been 2011. Um, it was whenever Trick Baby, it was like the week after Trick Baby split up anyway. But you know, I said I started, when I started it, you know, I think 2011, 2012. Um, I lined up every single production I'd done from my laptop a, a while ago and I put it into Windows Media Player. And guess how long it would take me to listen back to everything I've produced? Go on. 45 hours. Wow. That is um, that is impressive. I um, mean, yeah, I've, I've heard to me. I've got some of you like um, remixes and bootlegs. Some of them are only like two, two or three minutes. They're more like DJ tools. Yeah. So, so to be forty-five hours, there must be some fucking crazy some serious emotions. stuff. Yeah, some serious stuff in there. And and you know, I mean, I, I reckon I've, st- I've probably there's not many producers out there that, that are as prolific as I am and work as fast as I do. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think in, in in a poor week, I don't think I've produced any less than three tracks. I don't know how you do it, honestly. That's crazy, though. But the thing is, like, that, like, I, once you've got a, 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 when when you spent your life just listening to music, you've got to, you can hear a piece of music and straight away, you've got the blueprint in your head. And, and the fact that I'm, I'm I'm a musician, I don't need an engineer, and I don't need somebody to play a piano for me, and I don't, you know, and you know that, that it just speeds up the whole process, you know. Um, you know, I don't need a mastering engineer anymore. I don't need a, um, you know anything and, and literally like I said you know it, it's just second nature you know I can make a track in two hours I made what I made a track in two hours yesterday um, and you know and, and you know in yesterday I still had time to, to um, lay artificial turf in my backyard do a tip run get tea on and, and go out to the <laughs> pub for an hour you know and, and, and you know it's one of those things you know it, when, when you work as fast as I am you know you, you, you just do really that, that's really impressive that's really impressive Right, you referenced something just then, uh, the Trick Babies. Um, I, I do know of them. Sort of, it was yourself and Sai Edwards, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, um, yeah. Little Bird. Little Bird. Little Bird was, was, was a single. Um, and then we had you, you Get What You Give, which was the the LMC thing. We, what, what happened with that is, is all around the world had us join LMC. 
uh, rather than put us on there and then just credit us as, as, as the remix artist on You Get What You Give. Uh, I'm asked about that a little bit and it was just to shorten the actual artist name uh, that, that, that was on it because it, it was just getting long featuring Rachel LMC versus Trick Babies featuring Rachel McFarlane versus the New Radicals it was getting stupid but before that I mean what, yeah, what, yeah. what the Trick Babies were and we, we formed the Trick Babies in 2001 um, we, we, we were just uh, we were an artist that, that, that made mashups uh, and we, we were I was already a, a senior radio producer on Galaxy Manchester and across the Galaxy Network uh, at that time uh, and I managed to convince my, my programme director uh, who, who was a great man actually Sam Sniper had a lot to do with David Guetta's career uh, and yep. Sa- Sam was the, the, the PD and, and you know I managed to persuade Sam to let me have a slot bootleg of the week um, so we started making all, the, all these all these bootlegs for, for Galaxy and, uh, and what happened is uh, we, we had one one week uh, which was um, it was just when Flawless by the Wands was big and we put Madonna music over it played it and like Galaxy just had this influx of people ringing in and emailing in can please play it again and, and like the, the demand was what's this tune? well this is this is just Madonna music over Flawless and and the the, yeah, the mad yeah. thing is I mean we, we looked at that and we, we're just getting daily requests and me and Sid said right press it uh, we, we, we know this dodgy guy in uh, Nottingham who um, I'm not going to say any more about him actually but it, it, put it this way he was the keyboard player in KWS um, <laughs> and, and, and what a grass <laughs> yeah well he, he was the keyboard player in KWS and, and he, he, he was well known for pressing um, dubious records and filing the serial numbers off so we, we, we did that um, and then you know, we did that whole EP then after that we, we did four more EPs uh, one of them uh, which is EP number two, which was actually probably the poorest selling EP we ever did. A lot of them ended up um, getting water damaged in, in size basement. We only got left with a handful of them. Um, as recently sold on Discogs for, for £150, um, which is crazy. That's EP number two. Uh, considering that there weren't, there weren't actual official releases as well. No, to, no. To see, to see you sort of like you, the, the, the sort of. Um, what would you call the mashup presses of, of back then? Mm. It's it's quite it's quite crazy to see see them go for that sort of price. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, is, it is sort of yeah. Mental. <laughs> I mean, we tricked babies. We you know we did some great things. We 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 were on MTV Mash, which was the first ever legal mashup TV show. Uh, that's for MTV Europe. We we did we we got to work with Elton John on that, you know, and you know, so we, we we did Elton John with Sunshine Anderson. Are you ready for Sunshine? Room Five, Montel Jordan, um, which eventually got released in full on one of our EPs. But we we did sort of like the quick hitter version of that for for MTV Europe. Uh, you know, and, and eventually it brought us to all around the world records. And we, I've got to be very careful choosing my words here, but we played them uh, the demo version of Little Bird, which is nothing like yeah. the actual release one. But I'm sure people can put their imagination to, together and, and guess what it is. Uh, reworked yeah. it, and, and that was um, that was Little Bird, our first release. Got an Alex K mix, which I, I thought was horrific. Um, and, and probably his poorest piece of work ever. And but KB Project mix made up for it. 
um, that was superb and you know so we, we were surprised it never got a full release really I mean it, it, it did get a, an all around the world release and uh, you know there was talk of it I mean Matt and Chris listened to it straight away and they were like this is a hit it's a massive hit this but I think a lot of it came down to they, they couldn't agree the publishing between the two artists um, it's, the, it's, it's I think it's a touchy subject when it comes down to it because yeah. uh, it's there's, there was I think as you said there's so many people involved in it and uh, I know I know you know all around the world that they were known as the sort of uh, what would you call it? I wouldn't say rip off. Um, yeah, but they, 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 they do a lot, do a lot of Poundland versions yeah. of um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, like, like all you need to hear is like, is it, uh, they did a sweet child of mine. Like, it's one of them tunes you don't touch, and yeah. um, it's just it's. It, they've done like a whole list of them and a lot of them actually they've done some justice and and i think that that's sort of one of them like um that they did but it's a shame he didn't get the sort of full coverage release you know what i mean it's, uh, i i, I love them all around the world and i love their assets here they were just absolute mavericks matt and chris um yeah definitely uh, i believe they, i believe all around the world is back in a big way actually it's been been issuing a few little bits that have been creeping into my promo inbox i know universal uh, closed the studio down um, yeah. You know, la- last year, which was a great sad thing, but I mean, all around the world, we were very, very honest with you. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, you're brutally honest. I've, I've seen producers, you know, almost reduced to tears in in that office. Um, you yeah. know, because of how, how brutal they've the, been. The you know, where to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent. You know, and uh, like I said, and we, we we did that, and you know, there, there was the LMC, you get what you give thing, which which initially my idea. I used to mix, you get what you give, over snap the power. Um, yeah. and we we were looking for a um, we were looking for an LMC single, uh, like a follow up to to Little Bird, and and we we just said right, let's try that, and I mean that that was a massive thing for me that that Pete Song started the Essential Selection. I mean, really, we had um we got tips off when we finished it um, that it was Pete Song's all time favourite record and like all record labels they used to have lobbyists that used to sort of butter up the DJs um, yeah. and you know we, we had somebody that got straight to Pete Song with it. it straight away it was on the essential selection sadly excellent. sadly and th- th- this is crazy we don't know how this happened um, the night it was on the essential selection it was on Napster we couldn't believe it like, and this had only gone out to two people um, right. but you know I'll never forget like going out to celebrate being on the essential selection and, and going and seeing um, a, a DJ colleague of mine in Staley Bridge and, and, and he downloaded it he got it off Napster we couldn't believe how he'd managed to get it it's just crazy um, but that affected it a lot and then the thing is like we, we went for, for clearance which we we knew we could get because Rod Lehman um, from DMC had already done something with the New Radicals and Stretch and Vern. Um, so we we knew that there the, the, the was a, sort of yeah the, the, yeah it yeah. was doable. Um, but what we didn't bank on was that Greg Alexander, who's the lead singer of the New Radicals, um, even though he'd sold his publishing, he was holding on to suing us for emotional distress. Uh, sampling his record Um, so we that got held back 14 months and eventually we won that but by the time we'd won that we'd already pressed up the version with Rachel McFarlane (laughs) 
yeah, which, um, oh. which, which, uh, God bless her, Rachel. I, I love Rachel, absolutely. You know, amazing singer. And you know, it, it was a dream working with her for the Love Land stuff. But it, it, it was never the same when when it was released. And you know, so we 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 got playlisted on Radio One. I think Radio One gave us B list. The Galaxy Network, my own radio station at the time, wouldn't even playlist us. So you know, it, oh my it, it, God. yeah, yeah. You couldn't yeah. even whisper in the ear or anything. <laughs> no, absolutely. I could not. I could not get into playlist it. So you know, eventually we charted. When you're number thirty, which is you know and there's not many people can actually say in life they've, they've been in the pot charts it's uh, and you know if you oh, bear in mind if you bear in mind how important that was again like if you look at how I came into music by listening to the top 40 um, you know that that was that was a really important thing for me I, I, I it's it's a shocking like it's shock to see because nowadays you wouldn't get our style of music within the sort of chart it's sort of I know I know Radio 1 sort of not push it out but sort of and any dance it, record that charts now is a fluke um, yeah, yeah definitely you know it, it's like, an absolute you've fluke sort of house, you've got your sort of house that's your sort of, you could can go from like 100 to 130 BPM mm. and from the yeah. 130 BPM to like 170 because they play drum and bass they play and they do play a lot of like hardcore sort yeah. of stuff but there's just there's nothing in between. There's but I mean, Instagram is more idea. Instagram is more important to charting than the actual piece of music. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it is. Um, you know, you, your Instagram followers get your Spotify follow and YouTube views. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, you you could make the worst fucking piece of music you, you've ever fucking. You know, you could fart down a microphone, and if, as long as you've got Instagram followers, you know people will listen to that on Spotify. It's you know if you look at Drake, God's Plan, what a terrible fucking track that is. Don't get yeah. me started on on Drake, honestly. You know, I, I mean, I like the new one, but I mean that, that's that's a that's a poor poor record. And if that was you know if that was somebody who had maybe, you know, 10,000 Instagram followers. I mean, I, I remember interviewing Jay Sean. I don't know if you remember, the, the, he did that track down. Yeah. Now, Jay Sean yeah, yeah. is one of the only UK... Yeah, well, but he's still one of the only UK artists ever to infiltrate the United States. And, and he was very fascinating when I, was, when I was interviewing Jay Sean. And he just said to him, record companies now, they won't even look at you without 90,000 Instagram followers. You know, and, and that, that's... awful. It's, that, that's insane. The, the, the do you know, I, I, this is sort of off subject, but it's even with gigs and everything now for, for the DJs. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you could be the most skilled and talented person and pick out the best tunes, be able to read a dance floor. Mm. And it is it is about your social media presence and, and your following. Like, I, you, I, you, I, you might have a 100 or 200 followers, physical followers that come to your events and see you. But they might not be so proactive on on your social media. So so they say, oh well, you've got nobody that follows you, or you do this, you do this. It's it's, it's a crazy world we're living at the minute. I know I, it's all about a financial gain. Of so co- course it is. It's about imagery. I mean, like for example, I mean, I I um I I seen something the the other week. Um, I, I, I'm not going to name names, and I'm not not, not going to name venues. So it's talking one of the best venues and most prestigious venues in the world. Uh, and this was a female DJ who can't actually beat match. I'm like, how? Th- this is just this industry's fucked. It's absolutely fucked. 
you went and checked her Instagram to see how many followers she had. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I would say quite a lot, and, and you know the fact that this this person looked the part. And again, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not slagging this person off either. To be honest with you, you do exactly the same in that position. Um, anybody, you know, anybody would, anybody. You know, of course you would, and best of luck to to this this person. To be honest with you, but I just looked at it, I thought, fucking hell. Um, this industry is this really the state of the industry? Yeah, but as, as then again, it's the the record the record label owners. They they're just looking at the the money signs. Like, of course we, they are. Yeah, yeah. It's it, what you're going to do. You're going to sign a really really good record. If if you're if your your one and only aim is to make money for your boss um, mm. and your your sort of on the A and R of the, of the label, yeah. you get this one guy who's got a really good record. Fair enough. Mm. You, you would sort of doubt him if he if he if he nobody knew who he was. But then yeah. if you get somebody else, they've got they've got a, a, an okay record. It's not I mean it's not great, but it's it's it, oh mm. that's marketable marketable type of thing. Yeah. To think oh well we'll take that because you've got you've got a hundred thousand followers, mm. so we know at least three or four thousand of them is going to buy the record. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's Pound signs again. Pound signs. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and we sort of got off, off subject there. <laughs> um, I just want to know, right? We, we know you, you sort of grew up through the sort of Manchester era and stuff. But what was the first ever um, dance record? We'll say, we'll say twelve inch. What was the first twelve inch um, record you bought with your own cash? Oh, now trying to remember which twelve. I think it would have been Lil Louis French Kiss. Um, about 1989. In fact, it was Lil Louis French Kiss because I bought it with me with my birthday money. Um, it's three ninety nine from HMB. Three three ninety nine HMB. It was the UK pressing, and I remember like buying it with my birthday money, playing it. At, uh, it would have been I think my eleventh, tenth or eleventh birthday party, uh, and playing it right in front of my parents and family, and I'm um, just being absolutely disgusted. <laughs> Uh, and and we all loved it Um, so so yeah I'd say a little Louis French kiss there might have been stuff before that I I think possibly Jolly Roger Acid Man I might have bought on 12 inch before that as well Um, you know but that's the one that I can remember distinctly So, so you've got, have you still got your la- large record collection? I know, I know you've got a, you've got a massive digital collection because you're always out playing gigs of various sort of genres and. Yeah, I've got I'm buying a lot of digitals at the moment. I've been re-digitising everything for a long, long time. But the vinyl collection, at one point, um, I had twenty thousand records. Um, now, I ended up basically sort of. Um, I'm not going to say giving away. But yeah. they, I, I basically sort of like, I, when, when I left my mum's house, um, would have been just over 10 years ago. Well, I left my mum's house about 15 years ago, but when, when she moved house, I had to get rid of them from hers. So they, they'd been in storage for a long, long time uh, at, at a mate's house, like, you know, a good 15,000 of them. And I've still got 5,000 upstairs, and I've probably added another 3,000 in the last sort of 10 years as well. Um, that, that I've always, you know, ripped and digitised, and I play out and re-edit, and you know, I always keep them as well because, you know, you, 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 I, I, as daft as it sounds, you never know when you're going to need a bit of vinyl, <laughs> you know. So, you well, know, yeah, the sentimental value as well. I, yeah, the, I, yeah, there is, and and you know, it, it was crazy. I mean, at one point, I, you know, I was, I was spending, you know, I, I was going out, I was gigging four or five nights a week. You know, I was going out, I was spending two hundred pound a week on on records, uh, and I bought everything, Brad. I bought absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about vinyl records. Do you want to do a little plug? 
Well, yeah, I can do actually. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got four pieces of re- you know four four things out at the moment on vinyl, which is, is pretty phenomenal for any artist. Um, the first thing that I dropped was at the start of the year, which was a remix of Alfredo Action, and um, which. Um, is available through Disco Magic's website. The next one that, that, that I had out was a remix of Electric Shock, which was initially a remix of Move Your Body, but then I worked in parts of their other tracks, Shock the Beat, so it's a bit of a like a, a rework remix, sort of like Weld of the Two. And I believe it or not, I had a deadline of um, I had a deadline of 24 hours to make that, and I actually ended up doing it in most of it in about an hour and a half in a McDonald's in Warrington um, over a coffee and, and some fries yeah well the thing is I, I didn't have time to waste and like, I, 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 I had this sort of window between two gigs and I thought right studio laptop out and I was there re- replaying it all with me with my headphones on with people giving me dirty looks but uh, but yeah and then uh, the, the next thing I've got out at the moment is uh, and it's available from vinylfordjs.co.uk and that's vinyl for DJs with a Z on the end rather than um, an S for DJs you know trying to be down with the kids or, so, or whatever I don't know um, and that is the Piano Man Boy Raver EP which features my sort of semi, semi epic of Rock and Move Piano Man my rework yeah. of that it features Big Tasty Volume 1 which is a collaboration between me and James Piano Man and it features our mix of Dana Dawson through his family which uses the uh, the Asher Piano on, on it uh, and then the other thing that I've got out on vinyl at the moment is Piano Man Don't You Want to Be Mine it's the Boy Raver remix so they're, they're, the Disco Magic stuff uh, all three of those are available from Disco Magic's website uh, the other one vinyl for DJs excellent excellent I remember uh, giving you a message about it might have been 18 months ago or so asking for the, the free family tune because it's just it's amazing but obviously you had plans to release it on, on vinyl it's sort of you don't want to get that, that leaked out anyway sort of yeah you know what I mean so it, it, it is an absolute amazing record that it, it's it, just one of those things that you just can't hate it you know what I mean yeah um, <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> another another question for you um, what's uh, how did the relationship come about of um, you and James Salmon um, Piano Man um, well sort I, of I, I found him on Facebook um, and um he just, um, I, I just sent him a message and sent him some of my stuff, and he, you know, he got, he took my number, rang me, and we, we had a really good chat. And it, you, you know, some, sometimes you just get on with somebody, don't you, straight away, and you know, and and Definitely. you know, he started coming down to mine. We started collaborating, doing all sorts of bits and pieces, and you know, and and you know, eventually I was be- you know, best man at his wedding, and you know, we we we're best mates now, me and James, and you know, we we. Uh, we 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 just do our thing, um, you know. It's yeah. it's a great working really, really relationship. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. Yeah, and very honest as well, James. What you know, he won't bullshit anyone. You know, what I mean, he he he, yeah. he will not. You know, if he sees an injustice, he'll he'll, he'll wrong it. He'll write it. He'll correct yeah. it. You know, if he, if he sees something that's wrong, he he he'll say. You know, and, and if it's good, he'll offer praise. And there's not many people like that. The only people like myself yeah. and James that seem to you know be be like that. You know, offer praise when when it's due and open doors for people and those kind of things you know because we're like that we you know we, we've been we've had our hit we, you know we, we, we've been and done what we want to do in the industry now we're just having a bit well, of fun and I've actually got two things for you two Go things on. for you great first one is James helped me massively on the production side of things with um, yeah. uh, he, he got me in touch with um, a publishing company up in Glasgow and I, ah I mean, it's 23rd Precinct then isn't it that's it's, the one that's yeah. the one yeah um, because he, I sent him some of my tunes over, and he was like, "Do you know what? Like, 
because I was because I'm, I'm always pushing the original sound. I don't. I think I've only ever done like four or five actual remixes. Yeah. I, 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 I try and do as much original stuff as I can. It doesn't get that much sort of following because it's original. It's harder yeah. to get to get it played out. But um, he, he was like, I like this. He says, he says, if you can work with like a vocalist um, or, or or whatnot, it. Put, go and send it to them, and they'll 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 sort of help you out. So as you say, you yeah. open a door for me. And the second thing is you. Um, about was it about three years ago, four years ago. Um, with the you got me out um a bucket list tick. Um, when I played um, bowlers for you. Um, do you know oh, you? of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the exposure night. Um, we we played in the bounce room. Ah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah I'd, so. I'd, 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 I'd forgotten about that, to be quite honest with you, but I thought it was one of them things, like I said, I do forget about a lot of things, because, you know, there's only so much you can cram, up, cram in a brain, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I always remember it, because it's like, that was that was my sort of first big gig, so to say. I mean, mm. not many people can say they played at bowlers, like, there's... there's it's it's the uh, big thing for me. Do you know, I yeah. I grown up and I was listening to the sort of bowlers um like the the CD packs and yeah. the tape packs and you just like. Well, I, that's I'm a still. I'm, I would I, like to be at. I've ended up massively involved in bowlers because you know the the, the guy that's bought it is one of the guys that I've worked with for, for well over a decade and he he actually bought it. Um, and I, I'm still very much involved in bowlers, but not on the rave side anymore. You know, not 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 in in that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, well, but I've like seen we a couple of things. You know, like well, we do sci-fi exhibitions and things like yep. that now. You uh, know, the, and, I've seen it. The I, I, Star, just, Wars, Star yeah. Wars one looks amazing. I mean, I, I've, I've just. Talk, I, 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 I know, I know. The Star Wars, it, you know, it was crazy meeting. You know, a lot of those people. It's very sad, actually. The, the, you know, like Burn Troy, I worked with. Um, I was probably one of the last people to work with Burn Troy. Um, you know, we we had him. Uh, it, it wasn't actually the bowlers, but it was part of the the the, the, the conventions that we put on for Monopoly events. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I've got to meet loads of famous people now. It's great. You know, but you know, I mean, I've just took a booking with bowlers to play a curry festival. Um, Great. you know, the the, the only, I have no idea what I'm going to play at a curry festival. Just uh, you know, a, a lot of warped bass lines that sound like farts. I don't know. Just, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know that. Uh, um, sorry. <laughs> um, so, so like I said, yeah. I mean, bowlers is going strong at the moment. There's some great stuff on at bowlers. Re- really is. It's yes, you know, it's um, come from strength well, to strength. Obviously, I, I live about two and a half hours away, and and so I only see stuff. When sort of people share it on Facebook, and uh, I see you, they've still got the the sci-fi events on. I keep meaning to do come down to one because I, I, mm. I love that type of thing. That's, that's other than music, I put Star Wars in front of me, I'll be like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. right. And uh, I, I see the there's obviously the, the raves that's there. You can't forget them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, there's a, you see the bare knuckle boxing, and you see the um, mm. you see you sort of see the boxing events that's on, and it's like fucking hell, they've got everything on it, like they're covering a lot of mm. uh, everything. Of Unfortunately, the raves are taking a back seat, and I think it's more to do with noise complaints um, that we're getting. Really, um, we never seem to get them when we put on, you know, the scar festivals, and you know, which are arguably noisier. But you know, yeah. like I said, the minute, minute you play any kind of dance music, um, you know, one would think. You know, a little bit of foul play there, but it's not for me to comment, really, is it? So, um, you know, yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, I just want to ask you a couple more questions, then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. What is your own personal achievement that you're most proud of within music? 
like I mean we've talked about a lot of things that you've co- that you've you've done throughout your career but what is the one thing where you're just like do you know what I'm, I'm happy I don't think I could narrow that down to one thing I, but you know I, I mean I could I could say it was, it, it was charting with LMC uh, and again there's not many people who can say they made the top four it could be Disco Magic could be the Galaxy Network I mean I used to get 2 million viewers on the 2 million listeners on the Galaxy Network uh, on on the Sunday night for Galaxy Anthems, you know that's, that was nationwide MCB Europe, you know, like and again like nobody ever, you know, we were the first legal mashup show, you know, no, nothing, nothing beats first, you know, you, n- <laughs> yeah. nothing ever beats first. Um, I mean, you know, so eventually coming back and, and doing Unity Drive Time, that was another big thing for me, and doing that Exposure rave, the very first one where people were selling the warehouse project tickets on the day to come to Exposure, that was a big. <laughs> thing or you know going go and do teaching drawing the line between dj and never you know never being one of the old djs out there that doesn't particularly take drugs or, or whatever that's another thing that i'm proud of being a dj that embraces yeah. technology you know i was one of the first djs to go midi um you know and i, I got some right abuse for going midi you know where, where's your techniques where's your cdjs and it's, it's a very touchy subject this one but mm. I must say, a good DJ should be able to play on, on all every platforms. single format. Yeah. I agree because I mean, because they say, oh, it's hard to mix on vinyl. It's hard to mix on vinyl. Like you're mm-hmm. not a real DJ if you haven't done it. Right, fair enough. There is a there is a bigger skill to it. But I can tell you now, I've got friends of most of my friends are a generation more than mm. me. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, um, I've got friends who are sort of like in the the four, early forties, late forties type thing. And they were around when the sort of the vinyl era was in, and it was all massive. Yeah, but and I mean, I've, you, you, I've asked yeah. them to come on my show, and they they can't use um, a controller. They, they yeah, just, just ex- exactly the point I was going to make. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, there's nothing bores me more than this sync button argument. I mean, I'll say, if you ever get Brad, if you ever get, if you ever get Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, try and tell them that you're not a real real DJ unless you play on vinyl, and see how quickly they leave. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, but I, I can't pin it down. I'd probably say top, but you know, ch- charting. Uh, maybe the Pete yeah, Song Essential, kicking off the essential, kicking off the Pete Song Essential mix, uh, essential selection. That I would probably say. And, and again, that's 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 the biggie. That that that's the one in the industry. Because I mean, I've got people on my Facebook that have, you know, and friends that that have charted. Um, like myself, but none of them have ever started an essential selection, uh, and that—that's—that's that's the big one. That, that's when—that's when you know you've got the hottest record in the world. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'd probably say that. Oh, I'll tell you—I'll tell, tell, you, tell you another one actually, a bit more a sentimental one. It was showing me dad how to use software. Um, me, me dad is a, is a is a fantastic guitarist and singer. Um, who's getting on now and, and actually t- it was bridging a gap between me and my dad um, you know and, and teaching my dad how to use sound cards and how to record audio into you know and, and stuff that, that that was a really proud moment for me um, you know that, so he knows, yeah. it, he knows it now does he know yeah he, he does yeah he, he said he can, he can use his, his, his recording software so I need to trick into a new sound card soon because he's still on an old um, lexicon that I bought him um, but uh, but yeah, um, that, that that that's probably another proud moment. I like that. That's that's a very sentimental moment more than anything else. Like <laughs> um, so one more question, then we'll wrap it up. Um, what does the future hold for you? What what ideas, plans, gigs, etc.? Um, because obviously I've mentioned about the album. 
I never quite know what's around the corner. And the thing about the album, I think that's that's part of the excitement of the industry. But, I mean, like I said, the thing with the album, I mean, the album was due two and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was due two and a half years ago but I kept making tweaks and I kept doing things and, and, and removing stuff and adding stuff I think when, when you release that debut album and it'll be the only album that I ever release when, when you release that debut album it's an accumulation of, of 30 years of music in, in your life and you want the perfection in there I want people to be able to hear it and go this is a masterpiece you know and, and I'll never do anything again you know other than the disco yeah. magic that'll come out but do you, do you know I'm, I'm still I'm shot so I'm, I'm 41 next week um, you know by the time this, this probably goes out I will be 41 but uh, you know and I'm still here playing new music you know people people often associate me as an old school DJ they say, I forget that I play uh, in venues 28 hours a week on top of doing old school events and you know like 80% of the, the music that I play is brand new music you know I'm, I'm really You've heavily into it got a better a better more up to date sort of idea in your head than I have honestly like yeah. I, I hear some of your bootlegs and like obviously just looking for a SoundCloud and whatnot and then I'll, I'll put a, this bootleg and I'm like what's this it's like a, yeah. like the, the latest R&B tune I haven't even heard it yet and you've already bootlegged it you know what I mean it's like it's, it's crazy it's <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's one of these. I'll, ne- I'll never not stop stop liking new music. But I mean, the the, the Boy Rover project it initially started um, because I hated everything in, that was that was doing the rounds in music in 2011. It, it was all in 2012. It was all either this horrific EDM. Um, shite yeah and try, there was dubstep and the, like all the house was just this this super cool laid back tripe and I thought you, you know and, and the you know you, you dance music it was almost like it had come to an end you know you, you were playing Chris Brown and Will I Am and all that kind of shite and I thought if I'm going to have to play fucking Nicki Minaj at least I'm going to remix it and do it the way that I want to do it and I was playing a lot of old school because there, there wasn't a lot of um you know, usable house yeah. out at the moment. So I, ju- I just rebuilt them all as old school tunes. And to be honest, I've just escalated and matured the projects over the years. And, you know, and, and now, you know, I can go in and, and just do what I want, really. It's fantastic. Um, and, and that's the excitement of the industry. You know, in, in terms of my gigs, I'm back up to five nights a week. I'm on quite a few events. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just loving life and enjoying life and, and enjoying new music at the moment. House music's great at the moment. You know the you know even you know even some R and B I'm enjoying you know even you know some some of the um, some of the new bounce I quite like you know there's all sorts of bits and pieces and the thing is as well bear in mind I've just you know I've I've come to this this career having played every single genre of music because people forget you know if if you're a working DJ like I was and you know I started working and becoming a working DJ from '94 you played you know one one night you'd play R and B the other night you'd play indie the other night you'd play house the other night you know and you chase the work you did your six nights a week you know and yeah. I can go in and I'm, I'm one of the few DJs out there who can, can you know one night I can play a drum and bass set one night I can play or I can I can you know mash it all up together in one set which I do frequently do you know um you know, I mean, when 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 you ever see me play a designated house set, it will never be a designated house set. You know, I'll I'll go in and I'll do this little trick where you know I'll play forty minutes of um, I'll go in and play forty minutes of, of sort of like big party, what I call party house, uh, which is just you know a cross section of different styles. It might be a bit of piano in there, a bit of tech, a bit of uh, 
a bit of deep house in there, a couple of chart rooms, and then 40 minutes in, what I usually do is, you know, I'll I'll take it up to 140 BPM, I'll drop in maybe like Paris by Jay-Z, and then I'll drop in SL2 on a ragged tip, and then I'll drop it up to MB Incredible, and then from MB Incredible, I'll go into something like Nelly and Kelly Dilemma, and then I'll That's move random, it even, even in, into stuff like Kanye West, Gold Digger, I'll go into R&B, and then I'll have a transition tool that'll take me back into house. You know, there's not many people sort of do things the way that I, I do them I mean, in a set house tune but you know it, it's about you know a good DJ set is about having a lot of fun uh, and getting people smiling and getting people enjoying what they do I think again that's why I'm here at 41 because you know I, I'm I'm not boring people to death with um, you know monotonous yeah, yeah, 127 yeah. BPM um, beatport top 10 rubbish you know it's all you know I try to go in and be original and you know that, that'll always be my future you know, that'll always be and probably be you know hopefully still be here in years time I, I genuinely hope I, I am you know I think a lot of people a lot of people um, sort of don't realise that that's what being a DJ is about like some, for instance about, like a bounce DJ they'll play a set and they'll, they'll play sort of like they're all sort of similar tunes but I think yeah. being a DJ is being able to read a crowd and, and experiment a bit do you know what I mean you might be playing a house a house sort of set but you, if you knock up to 140 and they're all like house heads in there and they're still dancing are you doing your job wrong do you know what I mean it's yeah tired. exactly exactly um, you know and so people people, I've been in this industry long enough to, to, to know the sets that people forget but the sets that, that people remember are always the, the most fucked up ones that you know that, that, that keep them going I know like when I look back you know it, it, it's watching Sasha play Sinead O'Connor nothing compares to you you know and, yeah, and it's, it's obscure yeah, and, and it's you know it's those kind of things that always stick with me, Brad. So, yeah. Uh, so in terms of the future, no idea, but that's half of the fun, mate. Well, I'm I'm really happy with this this interview. So <laughs> I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate one hour of your time. We've done an hour. Yeah, we, we, we've we've done an hour. We did over an hour, but I, I can't half rabbit, it, mate. <laughs> no, mate. Yeah, I really appreciate it. it's it's really good. Like. I, I didn't realise times just flew past there um, do you know what I mean so I am quite sort of I'm, I'm shocked to be honest because uh, <laughs> it's just when you sort of get off on a tangent and you just, you, you're sort of aware but I just want to say thanks for, for coming on the show I really appreciate Any, it any time and good luck with the show mate and uh, good luck with the label it's an honour to do the remix for you as well the, uh, the, uh, the, the they've got to tell you yeah they've got to tell you mix. Uh, yeah, go on, go on, cheeky little plug on there. So, um, right, but yeah, it, it was an honour, and, and, and good luck with the refresh show, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Nice one, Brad. Right. Pleasure Thanks talking to you, mate. You. Thank Bye. you.
get drunk, I'll always get high Cause it makes me feel real happy inside I'm a positive kind of guy If you're negative bitch, I'ma say goodbye Cause the one thing I'll never waste is time I won't be grounded, I was born to fly So follow me into the sky All I wanna do is be happy in life But if you see me beeping, never pass me a knack I'm too talented to waste time inside Just put me on the stage where I can shine My mind ain't right, I've got personal issues My sanity, I fucking miss you I'm okay, then don't take the piss I'm a realistic, libertistic Get someone that relates to get twisted with Bitch Someone that relates to get twisted with Bitch Life's a bitch and then you die So I fuck this bitch till my balls run dry Life's a bitch and then you die Should you lose your life, it's even be slight Maybe that's the reason why I get high As I fuck this bitch to my balls from right Devilish style, it's El Diablo Packing more powder in my pocket than Pablo Let's go, let's go, get a little drink from the bar And I can tell you how fit you are Wanna take a ride with a superstar? Just say the word and the world is ours Within the inside and then all the external If you be Michelle then I will be your turtle United together, connected as one If you're not entertaining, please don't the fuck on No time to waste, I don't waste my time You'll find your face erased from my mind My life is too precious to waste on whatever's before it all ends I'll ensure my endeavours I'm out to a level of all that I need I need for the want of my glorious greed Life is a feast, I came here to feed Do you best believe? I came here to feed Life is a bitch Monday to Friday Until the weekend comes and all of our cares just fly away And we can get high again Life is a bitch Monday to Friday Until the weekend comes and all of our cares just fly away Life's a bitch and I'm a bitch for life So let's all get high, let's all take a ride on this downward spiral I wanna live my life before my time's up I would not wanna look back when I'm six feet under Take all that shit like shoulda, woulda, coulda I'm just like life, I'm a bitch motherfucker I'll suck and I'll bluff it, I'ma get my bread and butter Won't suffer cause I grabbed hard Life gets tough when we all have scars But we keep our chin up, raise a glass You know we set it on fire like we're cooking with gas So pass me a drink with some MD Drink it all up till it's empty I go hard all night, no semi <laughs> Miss M-A-C
Keep a ripping on the door.
the content You need to slow your teeth, stop the nonsense These are the words of the rising sun, surprising some Who thought I was just another humdrum I'm energetic, magnetic, and athletic One more thing, and it's called poetic I'll take a page, write a phrase, and rephrase it Treat it like a national flag and upraise it Don't say this, don't say that, change your lyrics Everybody's a critic, it's getting kinda hectic My rhyme is authentic, so it shall remain My writing, exciting, never mundane I'm here to rock the show, rock the dough And let the words flow
nonsense The content You need to slow your speech Stop the nonsense These are the words of the rising sun Surprising some Who thought I was just another humdrum I'm energetic, magnetic, and athletic One more thing and it's called poetic I'll take a page, write a phrase and rephrase it Treat it like a national flag and uprate it Don't say this, don't say that Change your lyrics Everybody's a critic It's getting kinda hectic My rhyme is authentic So it shall remain My writing exciting Never mundane I'm here to rock the show Clock the dome And let the words flow